listening to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, episode 343. Hey there, you amazing human, and welcome to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, the podcast that is designed for female entrepreneurs who want to make more money in a way that is in alignment for them. If you're looking for practical advice, proven strategies, and expert insights to help you navigate the challenges of growing your business, then you've come to the right place. Welcome, my friend. I am your host, Angela Henderson, a proud Canadian living in beautiful Australia, and I'm a business coach, consultant, and strategist who has helped thousands of women around the world build successful businesses. Through solo episodes and interviews with successful business owners, industry experts, and thought leaders, you'll get insider insights into what it takes to succeed in today's digital age. Whether you're struggling to scale your business, looking for ways to boost your productivity, or seeking ways to overcome the challenges of being an entrepreneur, this show has everything you need to succeed and more. So subscribe, pop your headphones on, and get ready to creating the business and life you deserve today by allowing the Angela Henderson Online Business Show help you create a winning strategy, develop the right mindset, and build lasting wealth. Hey, 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 you amazing human. Hope you're having a great week so far. Now, here's the thing. Too many business owners are not paying themselves. Too many business owners are not looking at their accounts and their numbers. And too many business owners have generations of wealth, problems specifically around money that have been passed on from generation to generation. And my role as a business consultant is to help this. I want to have rich conversations around this topic. I want to help other people like you to become educated in this. I want to make sure that you've got the tools, community, and resources you need so that you too don't keep passing on money problems to your children, but that you have a thriving business and can make more money collectively. So I'm thrilled to have Laura O'Hagan on the show today. We're going to be talking about cash flow crunch, reasons business owners can't pay themselves. We'll be looking at challenges business owners such as yourself might have of paying yourself in business. We're also going to be discussing how business owners can identify the warning signs of cash flow problems before it becomes critical. But also, we're going to be having this discussion around what strategies or tactics can business owners like you implement to improve your cash flow situation. This is a great topic and one that is very, very important. So sit back. Pour yourself a wine, get yourself a coffee, coffee, or if you're driving, please just drive carefully because this is a conversation that you don't want to miss. Hey, 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 welcome to the show, Laura. Hey, Ange. Thanks for having me. As always, I'm super excited to have my guest joining us today. I know it has been a long time coming because we first met about 18 months ago at a VIP cocktail event that I was hosting at the Gold Coast. And then I, like something else happened. And then I had back last year and I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, Laura, I promise we are getting you on this podcast. And so I'm glad that you're here today, my friend. Me too. I'm so excited and thrilled to be here. And now, well, today we're going to be talking about cash flow crunch and the top five reasons business owners can't pay themselves. And this is an important topic because I feel all women in business should be able to pay themselves. All women in business should make money. But in addition, all women in business, I believe, should be financially, uh, like have financial literacy in order to understand their numbers and not be dependent on accountants uh, and things like that, because accountants don't necessarily always do the things that they're supposed to do. So super excited to have you here today talking about this. But before we get started, I always like to ask a fun question so the audience gets to know you a little bit better. And my fun question for you is, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Ooh, good question. You know who's popping into mind is Janine Janine Ellis, who was the Boost founder. Oh, yeah. 
seeing her content um, on social media a lot lately. And years ago when I worked in corporate, she did a keynote presentation um, for us at one of our annual events. And I don't know, that just popped to mind. I just think that would be so insightful and interesting to hear her views on things. And she seems to just um, speak about things in a really down-to-earth way. So I think there'd be some really fun um, insights and stories she'd have to share about business and life and all of the things. Dude, I absolutely love it. But I mean, yeah, just I could imagine just being able to pick someone's brain such as hers and just yeah. having different inside knowledge that you may not have even think, you know, thought about. And that's, again, the power of, I talk about proximity is power. Being mm-hmm. around people, do you know what I mean, is powerful. And if you're not within proximity, then you're just kind of left off to the wolves. So having a conversation like that would be epic. Now, the listeners out there today might be like, who is this amazing human with the Australian accent? You know, so in a nutshell, tell us a little bit about what you do for business so that the listeners can get to know you a bit more. Sure. So my name is Laura O'Hagan. I'm a profit and growth consultant. So I help business owners to pay themselves more, increase profitability in their business and grow their confidence managing the money and cash flow in their businesses, which is really, really exciting. I love it because like I said, at the beginning of the podcast is that like cash flow is so important, yet is such a pain in so many people's asses, depending if you're on startup stage, growth stage or scale stage. So yep. let's kind of dig in because there's some really great conversation that's going to come from day around cash flow crunch and the top five reasons business owners can't pay themselves. Yes. So for me, my first question is, is Think about a car and when you lift the bonnet, aka on your business, for those that are not Australian or New Zealand, a bonnet is just like the, I mean, I even forgot, come Canadian, do you know what I mean? But like where the engine is, yes, do you know what I mean? Uh, Is what I say is, what do you think is actually happening behind the scenes with the way business owners manage their money? Like, what are you seeing in the businesses that you're working with? Yes. So that's a really great question. If I'm really, blunt and honest, a lot of the people that I see are not lifting up the bonnet, so to speak, to use that, not because they don't want to or because um, they don't care or anything like that. A lot of them know that they really probably do need to have a look there, but it feels intimidating. It feels a bit scary. It feels daunting. They've, you know, they're technical experts in what they do in their business and not necessarily with the numbers. So one of the things I see is people kind of, you know, flying by the seat of their pants a little bit and just hoping that, you know, their accountant at the end of the year is going to pick up all of the main things um, and just trusting that it will be okay. And as we all know, that can be a bit problematic. Um, And so that's one of the things I really see happening behind the scenes is not the level of attention that could be being put to that. And that's costing business owners money and profits. I think it's interesting. So again, lifting up the bonnet or do you mean the front of the car where the engine is, is that, yes, I see, obviously I work predominantly with women in business, but they don't want to look at the numbers because numbers and data are one thing you cannot change. It's yeah. fact. It hits you right there. And I feel that, and this is me too. When I first started looking at numbers, I was talking to this before we hit my record, you know, my parents filed bankruptcy twice and it's not something you talked about. And I remember like they would have, they would avoid the mail, for example. Right. And there'd just be like this pile of bills. And it's funny because I ran into the same patterns, you know, younger in life. And even when I first started my first business, 
But I also think there's a direct correlation about how our nervous system is equipped with handling that also, right? So it's like, Mm -hmm. if I go look at these bills or if I look at my numbers, I feel really anxious and sick. So therefore I'll avoid doing it. And I had to train myself early on to make it almost like a money date, right? And and my date with money every single week to be able to just go like, it's okay. Mm. it's you know it's it's all right we may have just had a bad week it's okay do you know what I mean Mm. it's it's gonna be all right but the more and more and even now you know when I make big decisions I'll still have that little bit of panic in me you know when I go look at the account you know what are we gonna do as in like do I make this decision do I make this decision am I running from a place of scarcity am I running from a place of abundance like that still happens at any level of business but the main thing that I had to learn is you have to be looking at the engine you have to be looking at what's underneath you have to become starting to become aware and you have to start regulating your nervous system to be able to look at these numbers no matter where we're at, you know? So I love, do you know what I mean? That you've kind of said like, yeah, most people avoid it. And I would agree. Most people avoid it until it's either too late or they've got to make some pretty big changes really, really quickly. Right. And we can, we can imagine like, you know, I don't know how to check the engine in my car, right? But I make sure that that's, you know, someone else is taking care of it and the main things are being taken care of because I don't want to be driving down the highway at 110 kilometers per hour and something happens to that car, right? We Ugh. And the the parallel I kind of draw there is if my car's being maintained, if I'm seeing what's happening, I can prevent those big kind of things from happening. And that's kind of what your numbers can do for you. I totally relate. It's funny. I am an accountant by background. And when I started up my business, I also didn't really want to look at the numbers. And I think what you said is so true because it's a it's a black and white thing that we can't, you know, we have to face kind of thing. And mm. if we don't like what we're seeing, that can be challenging. But at the same time, just like with the car, actually the prevention is so much better than the cure. And, and sometimes you might be surprised what the numbers reveal and that things are a lot better too than you're actually thinking. And I find that can often be the case is, oh, wow, this is so much better than I expected. This isn't so bad. I created this big dramatic story in my mind. And when I look at it, it's actually yes. 100%. Now, what are the challenges that business owners have with paying themselves in particular? Because I see a lot of people not paying themselves. um, And then home life starts to get impacted, right? Or there's pressure from partners going, you know, maybe you just need to go back and get a nine to five job because you're not contributing to the family. And then I see guilt and shame around this. So I'd love to hear what are some of the challenges you've seen with business owners uh, with like, yeah, with paying themselves collectively. Yeah. So I love this because I love seeing business owners get financially rewarded for the work they're doing in their business. And we can actually have that at every stage of our business. I think this is one of the challenges that I kind of noted down when I was thinking about this is sometimes we think, oh, you know, when I get there, whatever there is, you know, Mm -hmm. it might be, you know, X dollars of turnover a month or X dollars of turnover a year, then I'll pay myself, then I'll reward myself, then I'll, Mm -hmm. you know, be in a position to pay myself. But what I was thinking too is like, imagine your most valuable employee in your business, right? And you said to them, like, I'm not going to pay you for showing up to work now, but down the track sometime I will, Mm. I promise, right? That wouldn't be like motivating and inspiring for them. And we forget sometimes that that most important employee in our business is 
us. Yes. So I think that's a huge mindset shift that can just take place because I think people forget that, like, hey, I'm an employee in my business. Like, I wouldn't show up to some other place of work and not be paid for months at a time. And even if it starts small, right, it might start with, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the capacity for your business is, but it's great to entrench the habit of paying yourself a salary, even if that's $50 a week or $100 a week, if you're building a business alongside a day job or something like that, but actually just kind of getting in that habit of part of the point of my business is to, you know, pay me a salary for the work I'm doing that, doing in that business. And I think that's one of the first kind of mindset shifts. I've seen clients of mine just have a huge shift of just like, oh, like, you know, I'm an employee of this business. I'm putting work in and like the business should reward me for that. And sometimes we just forget to see that. It sounds silly when we say it out aloud, but it's so, it's something that I see and, you know, I'm guilty of it too. I see that we can really get caught up on that. I would agree. And I know when I have this conversation inside of my mastermind with my clients, some of the things that we talk about in there is like, this is for my startup crew. Um, yeah. Is that like, even if it's just $10 a week. Exactly. And you're putting it into a separate bank account. Do you know what I mean? That you can't even see and the money just sits there. Because the reality of it is, is if not, I see it over and over again, where people start to resent their business. They start to get super deflated, defeated. Um, they're just like, why do I do this? But if you can just start to see a little glimmer of hope, look, it's 10 bucks this week, it's 20 bucks next week, it's 40 bucks, and it starts to add up. You'd be surprised about that like two-day family holiday down at the Gold Coast or that you could go to and pay for it. And therefore you feel like you're contributing to your family. You feel like you know you you've got something from this business because if not, I do see the resentment you know, uh, compound, like a compound effect over time. So I think it's imperative that you start as early as you can to start taking a little bit of money. Exactly. And I think too, like, I love that. And even if it's a dinner out with your partner and the both of you celebrating, like, Hey, I've tucked away $150 and let's go out for dinner and celebrate my business. Mm. The other thing too, and I, I totally agree with you, it causes resentment and, you know, human minds are an interesting thing, right? They they want to be rewarded. They want to see, you know, that benefit. So prioritizing that is important. And also it sets the habit for when business is bigger because we sometimes think, oh, my behavior will change when the dollar figures are bigger. Yes. But often that's not the case, right? We bring the behaviors that we have. We bring the mindset that we've had in building the business, even to a point where we like, oh, I thought when I was making, I don't know, $15,000 a month, I'd easily be paying myself. And suddenly we realize that's not what's happening. So as well, it's setting up that habit early. And it's actually a lot easier to establish that habit early on in your business than later realizing like, hey, there's a problem here and we need to strip out a lot of costs or make some big changes, right? That's like, we need to change the engine on the car while we're driving 110 kilometers down the freeway kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Attention, women in business, get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three-day women in business conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast, Australia. Designed exclusively for online business owners, service-based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. What to expect at this amazing three-day Women in Business Conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, 
interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners, gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. 12 speakers have already been announced, with five more speakers being announced shortly. We have Steph Taylor joining us, Anita Seek joining us, Lisa Cordiff joining us, and not to mention Manny from Sound Healing Australia, who will be there for the most magical sound healing experience ever. You do not want to miss the event of the year for women in business. To secure your ticket, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au today. And there might be a listener or listeners out there who are going, well, I'm kind of in this little bit of a cash flow problem yeah. right now. And, you know, I am wanting to take action or they might be going, you know what? I don't think I actually have a cash flow problem at all. I'm curious to know how can business owners actually identify warning signs of a cash flow problem uh, before it comes critical? Because I do believe there's like, hey, I got a cash flow problem. And there's like, a, oh, fuck. Yes. mortgages are going to be screwed. I can't pay for my kid's school. Like we're in a really so big thing. So it's like, yeah. exactly. So how can business owners identify the warning signs of a cash flow problem before it becomes critical? What should they be looking for? Yeah. So great question. So um, something we didn't touch on right at the top is that I'm a profit first professional. So I love the profit first system. Mm-hmm. And what's so great about that is it's a, it's basically a cash flow management process. And the idea is you set money into certain kind of buckets and you start to really understand the rhythms of your business. Mm -hmm. And this is that idea of what we were speaking about before of like checking the bonnet. We can't pick up a problem if we're not regularly looking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So establishing a habit of regularly looking at your numbers and like, you know, finding that way that you're going to build confidence with that Mm. because you want to start to understand like, oh, hey, you know, I'm just completely making things up here. But like my business usually brings a thousand dollars in a week. And Mm -hmm. I've noticed because I'm, uh, you know, doing this regularly, I noticed last week it didn't bring in a thousand dollars. That's an early warning sign before you get, you know, do your baths in two months time or your accountant's like, hey, like, how are you going to pay for these things? Or that, you know, suddenly the tax office comes and you've got, you know, a tax bill. By integrating a process that has you looking at this on a regular basis, and in Profit First, we call it a rhythm, Mm. it helps you pick up those early warning signs because, hey, oh, the $1,000 that usually comes in or, you know, it it might be on a monthly basis depending on the flow of your business. It, It doesn't so matter much what that exact frequency is, but that you start to know almost like what those tides are in your business, right? Like Mm -hmm. the ocean kind of coming in and going out. We know that has a pattern, but if suddenly the tide was racing out, we kind of know something's off here because we know how that tide usually looks. Mm -hmm. The same in our business. So just getting used to what normally comes in, what normally goes out and, and looking at that and looking for those trends means that you can pick them up early, whether it's revenue, whether it's expenses, whether it's something else. And for me, just from a consultant point of view, you know, is when I work with the women, whether it's one-on-one or my mastermind, whatever, is it's also like revenue also gives other clues that sometimes you put your head in the sand. So it's like, oh, money's not coming in. Oh, I haven't really done any marketing this month or, exactly. or I haven't, I've got a top of funnel problem or 
I don't know, I did a launch, but it's like, oh, all my tech failed. I didn't even know my tech wasn't working, right? So it's like the the information that the numbers can give you complements the rest of your business, right? And I just think, I think sometimes business owners think that it's one or the other, where I'm like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, everything kind of goes together like a puzzle piece. So, you know, it's like, it's very crucial that these numbers start to become, and and like for me, like I said before we hit record, financial literacy is something I have to work on every single day just because of the past of my parents and generational, do you know what I mean? Problems with wealth and things like that. And so the only regret I always have is I was like, oh, I just wish my parents would have taught me sooner. Mm -hmm. I wish. And so for me also having the knowledge around financial literacy also allows me to start breaking some of those patterns for my own kids, right? So it's not just about you and your business growth. It's about what are you role modeling to family? Because normally money and cash flow problems, in my experience, is normally a much more rooted problem than just checking numbers and like the surface level. There's normally something even further underneath the engine that is going on. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I 100%. And I love what you said, because what I believe to be true is the numbers reveal the story of our business. Like, mm-hmm. I just believe that the financial figures are kind of the language mm-hmm. of business performance. And I'm 100% behind you. Hey, this amount of revenue normally comes in this this week or this month. It didn't. Let mm-hmm. me go and investigate why, right? Because that's an early kind of red flag for, like you said, the system's broken on Kartra and like we can't take payments and no one actually messaged me and said the payment wasn't going through, you know, whatever it is, something like that, right? Or whether it's, you know, like you said, the trends are changing. The last launch wasn't successful. Maybe there's more money coming in and Mm. you're like someone overpaid me or, you know, the bank, you know, the bank accidentally transferred money into my account and I don't want to spend that because they're going to come back for it, right? It's Mm. understanding all of that. But yes, the numbers are the language of the business. And that's why I always speak about financial performance and business performance, because they both are interconnected by improving the business performance. You improve the financial performance and vice versa. Mm. And one like a free hand to tell you what's happening in the other. And then you kind of go and take the business strategy and put that together around it. But I also agree a hundred percent in what you're saying is that if you're avoiding looking at the numbers in your business, right. Uh-huh. A lot of the time these things hold true, uh-huh. excuse me, hold true and carry across into other areas. So are you kind of doing the same, like you said, with maybe like the credit card bills are piling up on the front hall table and you don't actually open them. And that's something you're doing in your personal life as well, right? Uh-huh. And starting to look at it in one area yes. is going to create this transformation across your entire money story. And like you said, starts to influence and impact on your children, right? And you can start to really build them the confidence and the knowledge and the tools as you grow that they're well-equipped for life because that that can be really challenging when we don't learn that early on in life. And so now that we kind of have the understanding of like the early warning signs, we've kind of looked at like even family generational wealth a little bit we've touched upon. We've talked about like paying ourselves. Yes. For those listeners out there that are like, all right, well, this is all well and good, but like what strategies or tactics can business owners start to implement to improve their cash flow situation and start to make changes? Like I believe things just don't happen overnight. So what two to three things can businesses start to do to slowly improve this situation? 
Yeah. So once they've got that awareness, so we've spoken about bringing that awareness to it. So once you've got the awareness, right, then you can start to look at what is the story that this bit, like this picture is revealing to me. And so one of the strategies for sure is putting in place a cash flow management process and, you know, giving like defining the purposes of money as it comes into your business. Mm -hmm. So what we sometimes forget is that all of the money that comes into our business has multiple purposes, right? Mm -hmm. It's got to cover tax. We've got to set aside some for GST. It's got to pay us. It's got to pay profit. It's got to pay expenses. So starting to create a process that designates those things to those so that you have some constraint. Because I wrote this down. One of the challenges can be, when you have really flush months and lots of money comes in and it's easy to get kind of spendy. Mm. Um, And then it's actually like, well, that was a client prepaying for three months. And so I'm not actually having any income for the next two months or whatever that looks like Mm. to build processes around that. And, um, segregating that money so having multiple business bank accounts and for sure something else I think is really important especially earlier stage businesses potentially sole trade businesses separating out business accounts from personal accounts because that can create a lot of um cloudiness around what's what Mm. um that's putting a process in place, allocating money to its purpose and understanding the purpose of all of the money that comes into the business and understanding what it truly costs to run your business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like that's the thing is like truly understanding it, right? Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, again, I think so often we just like – because you don't know what you don't know, especially if you're just starting a business. And you also don't know what you don't know as you scale your business and you've got team, for example, and you've now got superannuation and you've got all these things that you have to start paying, right? And you're like, I didn't know that this happened. And I didn't know, I know, um, even for me, it was so funny last year, what was it that changed? I was one of the businesses in the tax where I have to start paying monthly for my Oh, oh, what is monthly? <laughs> yeah, monthly withholding. I can't remember. Sorry, I shouldn't know. Again, like I said, financial literacy is still something I was working on. But yep. it's like normally, so you still pay quarterly. I'm going to mess this up. You still pay quarterly something, but it's like tax withholding, right? It goes yeah, so the, your end of year tax. Once you've like, just say one year, you got a really big tax bill at the end of the year. The tax office doesn't like that. They want to collect that off you every quarter, as mm-hmm. well as your, um, if you're an employee in your business you'd and your employees, you'd send PAYG for them. You'd pay your um, GST amount and you also pay your um, your tax, like mm-hmm. business income tax on a quarterly basis. I Maybe it's monthly, but often a lot of people, they get this changeover period Mm. When only they fix their tax bill up at the end of the year and suddenly they need to fix it up every quarter. Yeah, well, no. So mine's so mine's monthly. Okay. So 25% of my accountants' clients, do you know what I mean? Like they said it was this yeah. big rollout last year here in Australia. Okay. And so I was like, so the way that I had thought it had gone, do you know what I mean was something like, oh yeah, like I've paid this monthly, but then there was another, see again, not very really tech savvy with this, but there was another component. So that first quarter that it happened, 
I had spent more money because I thought that what I had given in that monthly had covered me. Do you know what I mean? But because it was something that was so new to me, like I had my profit first, everything was set up, but there was still a, there was a little blip that first, do you know what I mean? Thing. And he was like, Oh, he's like, no, the Australian government needs you to do this, this, and this. And I was like, man, that wasn't necessarily explained to me that way. Again, I didn't ask questions. And this was the other thing that even after being in business since 2010, you know, 14 years, when this new thing changed, I was like, yeah, 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 that's no worries. Like happy to pay monthly, no, no problem. And I did, but then I still didn't ask more questions. And that's mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, now that I've got it, we fixed it out, whatever. But yeah. never be afraid to ask questions. And I think especially around money and numbers, there's so much taboo and there's so much fear that we're just like, oh, well, we'll just figure it out. Oh, well, we'll just make it work. And so again, yeah. having these conversations is brilliant in regards to making sure that we're setting ourselves up for that financial success. Yes, yes. And tax can be a trip because, you know, you find yourselves in that period where maybe it's your first time you've got to pay an annual tax bill and then also you're suddenly due for quarterly. And so, you, yeah, it, it's learning all of these things. And sometimes, as you said, you don't know until you get there. Mm-hmm. But your system, the processes that you had were obviously robust enough mm. that could still find a way to make it work. And that's because you're kind of across what's happening, even though it was a bit tight, it created a bit of a crunch that quarter, mm. you could make that work because you had, you know, a well, level we had of- we had buffers and things like that. Exactly. But it was still, but I was still like, I was like, again, we're lucky no, to be in that situation. But I was like, again, if you're not, you know, I know like one of my clients that had started um working with me recently. She had to switch. One of the first things I said is like, listen, I was like, I don't, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a financial advisor, but based on my experience, I don't think you're humans doing what they're supposed to be doing. You're telling me there's no monthly reporting. There's no quarterly reporting. I was like, I don't know. And so anyways, I suggested that she go and do what I mean, see someone else. And sure enough, they did. And literally within like a couple of months, my client got hit with a $50,000 tax bill because the old accountant didn't do and advise accordingly. Do you know what I mean? So yep. it was very, and she's like, I'm just so glad, Ange, that you picked up on it and you told me to go and start looking at my numbers. She said, because it could have been a lot worse this year exactly. type scenario. And then, so she's like, well, luckily again, that's a good thing about the tax office is that you can go on payment plans. So pretty much as long as you're paying something, they're pretty good about it. You know, like yep. I don't think there's much they can do really. Do you know what I mean? That So yep. she was able to just like pay part of it 100%. Then she went on a tax, do you know what I mean? Like yep. weekly repayment plan. But what I'm saying is, is like, it is still your responsibility, but yeah. we just think that it's like, kind of like a Facebook ads person can be the same thing. You think the Facebook ads person's doing the right thing and they're not because you don't know enough about it. You mm. think your SEO person's doing what they're supposed to do. They're not doing enough about it. You yeah. think your Google ads, all those people, you as a business owner still have to have the basic fundamentals of whatever part of your business is working because you can't rely on others. You need to be able to call others out and say, yeah. Hey, is this what, is this right? Is this wrong? How's it working? Et cetera. That's, now, yeah, that's a great point. This has been such a good conversation because I just love any opportunity to talk about money, finances, and numbers. Because again, the more conversations we have, we build the muscle for other women to feel confident in this. Yes. So my question is, is for those listeners out there who are like, I need a little piece of Laura in my life, where can they find you? All right. Well, the best place to come and find me is probably on Instagram. So Laura J O'Hagan there, um, send me a message, say hi. Otherwise you can head over to my website, which is the same Laura J O'Hagan.com. Absolutely love it. I've got one final question before we wrap up is looking back on your business journey. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? Mm -hmm. Ooh, 
think that's such a great question. My brain's like so many things. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I honestly wish like I'd used data in my business earlier. Um mm. Because as soon as I had that, like, I always believe awareness is the first step to making any change. Mm. And, you know, I kind of missed opportunities and missed, you know, you know, overspent in my business, all of these things and missed opportunities to take home more because I wasn't using the data in my business. Mm. And as well, like I said, even taking that further with like tweaking, um, tweaking strategies in the business. So that's something I wish I kind of knew earlier was like use the data and don't be afraid to look at it no matter mm. what story is because then you're empowered to go and change it yeah oh I love that that's a juicy one and again data data yeah. something that's not necessarily sexy but the sooner you embrace the data good things come Sex so my friend come. <laughs> yes well thank you so much today Laura this has been again like I said absolutely brilliant we will make sure, sure that we include all of your links in your bio and everything in our show notes so you can get the show notes over at angelahenderson.com.au and just click on podcasts but for now you amazing human no matter where you are listening to this awesome podcast episode I hope you have a beautiful day and I look forward to you joining again for another awesome episode of the Angela Henderson online show next week thanks again Laura thank you so much for having me bye Thanks for listening to the Angela Henderson online business show, www.angelahenderson.com.au.